Hello again, Redemption, and welcome back to the series on communication as we wrap up. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and for the listener feedback that we've received for these podcasts. So, where have we been and where are we going? Well, so far we have seen from Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus that godly communication does not come naturally. We labeled this as principle number one. That left to ourselves and our own wisdom, we come across as rude, arrogant, boastful, and proud. The scary thing is, without God-wrought conviction through the Word and Spirit, we will think we are doing quite well in this area. Just a side note, if you really want to know how you are doing in the area of godly communication, in addition to examining yourself, just ask those who are closest with you. As it has been said before, self-righteousness stinks. Unfortunately, we are the last to smell it. That is why we need people in our lives who care enough to speak the truth. This brings us to point number two. Is it true? Thinking back to your communication the last few days, were you being open, honest, and transparent with those around you? Is there anything you were masquerading to make yourself appear in a better light or achieve your desired outcome? Moving on to recap of Principle number three, is it helpful? How are you doing with your praise list as you seek to communicate in a way that builds up, edifies, and encourages? Have you been receiving comments from those around you like, what did you do? Or, thanks, now what do you want? Those questions you may have received in response to your praise leads us nicely into point number four, which I have entitled, is it about you? So, What do I mean when I say, is it about you? Well, this really gets into the heart of the matter. Why are we communicating and what are we most desiring? If I were to ask you, what is the reason why we should practice godly communication? What would your answer be? Well, I surveyed a few people and these are some of the answers I received. Perhaps your answer would go something like this. Well, we practice godly communication because it helps us to be mindful of others. Or, if we are not practicing godly communication, we will be practicing the other kind of communication. Or perhaps, so it encourages others. Perhaps your answer was, because if we don't, it will make honest and trustworthy communication difficult. The favorite one I received was, well, we practice it, duh, because God has commanded it. While all of those reasons are good and contain truth, what if I told you that those answers, like our communication, falls short of the target? Let me explain. See, in Ephesians, Paul makes a lot of imperative statements. Perhaps you've noticed. So here are a few. Thieves, stop stealing and start working. Do not let unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Put away bitterness, wrath, and anger. Become kind to one another. Don't participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Watch how you walk. Don't become fools. Don't be drunk. Husbands love your wives. Wives submit to your husbands. Now, all of these principles are true, helpful, and will definitely benefit ourselves and others when applied. Why I say that these principles in and of themselves fall short is because our motivation needs to be rooted ultimately in not being mindful of others or because it will go well for us or even because we're commanded to. But instead, our motivation ought to be 
for the fame of God's name and making much of Christ for his glory. As Paul instructs us in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Why do we put off the old self? For the glory of God. Why do we speak the truth to one another? All for the glory of God. Why do we encourage and build one another up? For the glory of God. Christian, that is our motivation for following the principles of godly communication. As one commentator says, the main object of all life, speculative or practical, is declared to be not our own happiness or perfection, not the good of our fellow man, but the glory of God. So, who is able to accomplish this daunting task? Well, left to ourselves, no one. I like what Spurgeon has to say, and I'll conclude with this. This rule of doing all to the glory of God is not applicable to every person. It can only be practiced by the regenerate. You must be in Christ before you can do anything in Christ's name. Until your nature is renewed, until you have submitted yourself unto the righteousness of Christ, until Christ is formed in you, the hope of glory, you are not capable of walking after this high and hallowed fashion. You must be born again. So, as we conclude, this is my hope. That your motivation for practicing godly communication, or anything for that matter, would be shifted off whatever prior motivation you had, and like Paul, shifted on to the glory of God for the fame of Christ, because he alone is worthy. Thanks, Redemption. Have a great rest of the week.